The Quest presents an encore presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. Good afternoon, everyone. We're broadcasting from the AM 1160 The Quest studio this hour. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Carol Tearsmith, and Jack Tyson. And on the phone, we have Father Jim Blunt with us again from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity. And for those of you who might have missed the first few interviews we've done with Father Jim, we have them available on our app and on the website um, at thequestatlanta.com. And if you don't have our app yet, you've got to download it. We're constantly adding new information and new um, tidbits on there that you would totally enjoy. And you just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and search for Quest Atlanta and click download. Welcome, Father Jim. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, guys. Good to be with all of you. Hi, Father. Hi, Father. Hello. God bless Atlanta. Ah, <laughs> amen. Thank you. Amen. Yes. Father Jim, would you like to lead us in an opening prayer? Yes, I think we'll go ahead and pray the Angelus, because we're going to talk about the holy angels today. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Great. May the angels surround the studio and actually surround all the airways of Atlanta, so that we can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ without interruption. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, And she, she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it Be done, done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, Queen of the angels, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Please pray for us, most holy Mother of God. That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and his cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 We love you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. We thank you for your mother Mary, and we thank you for the beautiful, chaste angels. May they surround us today and always, and bring many, many, many souls to eternal salvation. Amen. 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 
And so for oh. our listeners out there, um, just so you know, we do have The Angelus airing on our radio station at 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. every day of the week. So be sure to tune in for that. Very good. That prayer is an ancient Catholic tradition, an ancient Christian tradition. And of course, it's very, very biblical. You can see those words from the Gospels in the prayer. And it certainly brings to the fore um, the ministry of angels in, in our midst. Mm. Because, you know, the book of Hebrews says, we don't know who the author is, but uh, St. Paul is traditionally considered the author of the book of Hebrews. And he talks about in the New Testament how all of the angels are ministering spirits. They're meant to minister to us the gospel of Jesus Christ and to protect us from the dangers to that gospel and to our living it. So this beautiful prayer it really calls to mind the gospel events, especially of the Incarnation, mm. that whatever God does, all of his plans, they seem to be surrounded by angels. And it shows you and I that God loves the angels. He literally loves them. Mm. Does he need them? Well, I guess God really doesn't need anything, to be honest with you. He doesn't really need anything. But God loves, and love needs, you see? When you have a heart of love, so to speak, you need, to, you need in that sense, we call that a moral necessity. God has, has a necessity, you might say, to love more and more. He wants to have angel sons and daughters. He wants to have human sons and daughters. Now, angels, they don't have gender like we do, but they usually do appear, usually as young men. And that's because their job is as protector, you see. Mm -hmm. Their first job is to protect us, to protect the Church, to protect the Holy Father, and to protect you and I and our families. And this prayer of the Angelus, so ancient, it is so established in Europe that even a thousand years ago, that when workers were out in the field, they would literally stop their work. And that's why the tradition of the bells came with the Angelus. The bells would ring at 6 in the morning, at 12 noon, and 6 in the evening. And the workers in the fields would literally stop what they were doing. And so were mo most other workers as well, by the way, even in kitchens. Everything would stop momentarily, and someone would lead the Angelus. So it's an ancient tradition in the Church. And it brings to our mind that the angels are, first of all, messengers. And so we see that in the first part of this prayer, the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary. So the angel Gabriel came to Mary with a message from heaven. Mm. That is beautiful. We are so excited today to be talking about guardian angels, and we know that our, our listeners are really going to have a great hour with us. So thank you for you know, for the time we're going to spend talking about this today. And I just, this is Steph. I just wanted to ask you, Father, um, why do you think God gave us guardian angels? I know you just mentioned, you know, they're, they're protectors and they're, you know, first of all, messengers. But, you know, how do we think about them as being active in our lives? Well, the Lord, um, you, you can see it in the, in the Apostles' Creed, in the Nicene Creed, that... God the Father Almighty, we believe in God the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and of earth, of all things visible and invisible. And so the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us that there is a unique bond between heaven and earth. They're not entirely separate. 
and we are surrounded by an angelic world, a spiritual world. Mm-hmm. So the angels call to mind this reality that life is more than what can be seen, much more. Mm-hmm. St. Paul, describing this in Ephesians, talks about a spiritual battle that we are in. And he says it's not a visible battle, so to speak. He says we fight not against flesh and blood. Words, we are not really fighting China. We are fighting demons that perhaps are manipulating our various enemies, manipulating them into physical, you might say, warfare with us in one way or the other. But behind what we see, there are things that we cannot see. And they are very powerful and very influential. And so heaven and earth are united in some special way. There's a distinction between them, but there's also a unity between them. And there are creatures we can see and creatures we can't see. Mm. And the Lord, he has given us the angels First of all, as a reminder of this reality, that life is not only about what you can see. In fact, it's actually perhaps more about what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So angels are really a tremendous help to Christian faith, because they lift up the mind and the heart of the Christian to other realms, you see? Mm-hmm. And we are told in sacred scripture to keep our eyes on heaven, to keep our eyes on the throne of God not to get too caught up in things here. That's called, you know, worldliness, or even materialism. So we need the angel brothers, first of all, as a guardian of our faith, that things we don't see are just as important, if not more important, than things we do see. Mm -hmm. After all, our destiny is heaven. Mm -hmm. Our destiny is not here. This, as you might say, is just a a warm-up here. This is a training ground here. This is like boot camp, but we're not meant to live here. We're going to live somewhere else. The angels remind us of that, but thanks be to God, all glory to God, they actually lead us there. They don't just sit back and watch us. They are actively engaged in our salvation, the angels. And God gave them to us so we would you know, not be behind the eight ball at, at every day of the year, because there are unseen angels called demons, those who, who betrayed their Father and their Creator in heaven. And they not only hate God, which is, we call that the mystery of iniquity, because it's a mystery. How can anybody hate God, who is so loving and so beautiful? It is a mystery, the mystery of iniquity. And these demons not only hate God, they also hate the Virgin Mary, Almost as much, if not more, they hate Our Lady. But here's the rub. They hate us. And in a way, there's good news there, you see, because they hate you and I, first of all, because you and I remind them of God. Mm -hmm. This is what's amazing. We were made in the image and likeness of the beautiful one, of God. And by baptism, we are his sons and daughters. They hate the father of the house and they hate his sons and daughters. And so we, we are, you might say, behind the eight ball without the angels. We'd be fighting um, a battle on this earth, trying to make it to heaven, fighting an unseen enemy. We, we can't see him, we can't always feel him, and yet he's tripping us every step along the way. That's not fair. And God, if he's nothing else, God is just and loving. Mm-hmm. 
And so he gives us angels who are holy and good, who desire our welfare. And so God gave us these angels, you might say, to even the battle, to give us a fighting chance. And so it behooves us to call upon our angel brothers every day, every day to call upon them, to ask them not only to increase our faith, but to protect us from all the snares of the evil one. We need their assistance because they can see the enemy and we can't see the enemy. That's another reason why the Lord gave them to us. And just in a, in a word, also because of loneliness. Because in this sinful world, we tend to be lonely. Even married men and women can be very lonely. And it is extremely comforting to know there's a pure and loving presence next to me 24-7, even when I'm sleeping. That's also mm-hmm. extremely helpful to priests and lay people to know that we have a friend who loves us. And we will see that beautiful angel face to face in heaven, if not before. We will see that beautiful angel one day. Ah, oh, so much to look forward to, right? <laughs> That's amazing. And I, I can just, I now have a picture in my mind of that. And, and it's just beautiful. Uh, Father, can we just sort of back up a little bit? Because now we're we're talking about, uh, you know, the ways that our angels take care of us and protect us. Could we go back to kind of like when we're born? You know, are they uh, when are guardian angels created? And are they created just for one person? Do you think that happens at conception? Do they choose us or are they assigned to us? And what happens after we die? Do they stay with us? That's a whole bunch. That's a whole bag of questions. There, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, it's true. They, they naturally pop up, you see. And by the way, you see, that shows you and I the rational nature of authentic Christian faith. Our faith is not irrational. It's very reasonable. And we have questions, and the Church has answers. Mm-hmm. And so it's not wrong to question. We don't want to question like in a hateful way, you see, or mm-hmm. a faithless way. We want to question, though, in a loving way. And to ask the Lord, Lord, you gave us these angels. Where do they come from? Where are they leading us? God loves that. He loves it when we engage the intellect that he gave us. Mm -hmm. He wants us to use it in a loving and faithful way. So these questions are loved by God. They're reasonable and they're loved. The angels, by the way, they were created all at once. They were created before we were created, before, you might say, the creation of the world. God made the angels first. He made all of he didn't make any demons. He just made beautiful angels. And by the way, here's an interesting fact that's not well known at all, is that the angels, when they were created by God, they were not yet in the highest heavens. They weren't there in the throne room of God because they had not yet been tested. The angels had to go through a test just like you and I go through in this earthly life. They had to go through a test as well. And a test, you know, is not really mean. A test is really an opportunity for you and I to decide who we are going to be or who we will follow. Mm-hmm. Right? So as the prophet said, that Joshua said, choose today whom you will follow. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, in a way, he was echoing St. Michael who said the same thing before this physical world was made. So we believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all things seen and unseen. 
So there is an unseen world, and the Church sees, reading sacred scripture carefully, that that was made first, and then this created world was made. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another theological opinion that they were all made simultaneously, that God made the whole created world and the angelic world at the same time, but before Adam and Eve were placed on the earth. And that also is a valid opinion. In any case, they were made, all the angels, at once, at the beginning of creation. All at once. You're going to an angel and mine. That's when they were made. Mm-hmm. So they weren't made, for instance, when I was conceived or I was born. No, they were made before that. Mm-hmm. And how many angels are there? We don't know. But the inspired Word of God, the book of Hebrews, uses the expression myriads. In a very holy and beautiful scripture verse, we read from St. Paul that myriads upon myriads of angels in festal gathering, dancing in heaven. Well, there's no equivalent to myriad, but the best scholars say that the easiest way to translate that into modern-day English would be to substitute the word millions. So instead of myriads upon myriads, we could say in modern English, millions upon millions of angels. And that would go far to to grasp what God has done. He's made millions of angels. And the saints tell us this, that God at that time made one guardian angel for every human being who would ever live. He made all of them in advance. See, God, we, we sometimes have a too small idea of God. That's why I love this. There's an amazing book by a Protestant theologian. But the title is so apropos. The title is, Your God is Too Small. (laughs) (laughs) This fellow really caught it. Uh Even for us Christians, we are the sons and daughters of the beautiful God, and sometimes our God is too small. We Catholics need to get back to sacred scripture. We really, really, really do, and start reading the Word of God. It's filled with references to angels. So God is immense and magnificent. God is not great. God is greatness itself, you see. He's not great. That's not enough. He is greatness itself. And God saw every human being from Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel to Abraham to all the prophets, including Isaiah and Jeremiah and Amos. He saw Peter, Paul, and John. He saw Pope John Paul the Great and Mother Teresa. He saw you and I. And he saw the last baby who will ever be born on this earth. He saw them all in advance. And he not only created an angel for each one of us in advance, he endowed that angel with specific gifts for you that you would need to both avoid evil and to make it all the way to heaven meritoriously. He gave your angel specific gifts just for you. Oh, Amazing. Wow. That is amazing. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense because God is all wise, all holy, and all loving. He knows everything because he's outside of time. Time is his creation. God is not ruled by time. Time is ruled by God. Mm-hmm. God is not ruled by time. God is outside of time. That's the teaching of the Church. It's also explained by St. Augustine magnificently. So time is one of God's creatures. And in that place of timelessness, which we will enter, the angels will lead us to the place of timelessness if we let them. There, and that's where God created our angels, where he thought of them. He knew we would need a helper. 
And what's so beautiful is your angel is a personal angel. He's not a force. An angel is not a force, you might say, you know, like a dynamic power. They are dynamically powerful, and they're amazingly intelligent, but they are persons. They have intellect and free will, just like you and I. Each one is unique. St. Thomas Aquinas said, the angels are so unique among themselves that each angel amounts to a separate species. That's an amazing statement by St. Thomas in the Summa. But be content with this, that your angel is a person. He's not an animal. He's not simply a creature. He's a person. And see, the Catholic Church teaches us that there are three kinds of persons in the universe, in the world. There's three kinds of persons. There are divine persons. Of those, there are three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are divine persons. Then there are angelic persons. Of those we don't know, what we do know is there are myriads upon myriads, millions upon millions of angels. In fact, since there's one angel for each human being ever to be born, there must be billions of them, you see? Mm -hmm. And then there are human persons, that's you and I. The angelic persons were made by the divine persons to assist the human persons. So we could make it to heaven. And you see, we are meant to be the sons and daughters of the great king and the great queen. We are to be the children in the mansion of God. The angels, you see, are meant to be our servants. And we say that very respectfully because they're, they're stronger than we are. They're more intelligent than we are. And here on earth, we should obey our angels. And sacred scripture is clear about that. Even in the Old Testament, the Lord warns the Jewish people to obey the angel that I sent you. Obey him, or you will be punished. They are more or less, you know, like, like a tutor, you see, or like a guard given to an underage child. We will come of age, you might say, when we enter heaven. And then you might say the roles will be reversed. And then the angels are there to wait upon us, so to speak. We are the sons and daughters, you might say, in the mansion. And they are, you might say, the butlers and the cooks and the maids in the mansion. Mm. But I don't say that in a disrespectful way, because they're utterly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in one sense, we are equal, because we are, they are persons and we are persons. They are loved by God, we are loved by God. They have chosen the Lord Jesus Christ forever, the good angels, and that's their help. they're trying to help us to do the same. Mm. Great. That's great. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Father Jim Blunt um, about guardian angels this hour. And so, uh, Father, uh, the yes. next question we have really comes from a listener. And uh, this listener uh, shared this, this statement that, that when we're little, our parents often talk about our guardian angels. But, but as we grow older, many people uh, become less aware or forget about the power of their guardian angel. So how do we cultivate an ongoing relationship with our guardian angel throughout our lives? I always recommend to people the use of the approved chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel. I really think that's the best and maybe the safest way to um, interact with our angels. This is a chaplet that is from an approved apparition of St. Michael the Archangel to a holy woman in Italy many years ago, over a hundred years ago, and it has an imprimatur. Her name was Antonia, 
And her last name was, I don't know quite how to pronounce it, but I think it's pronounced De Deostanok. But we just call her Antonia. She was receives a revelation from St. Michael and an apparition, and he gave to her the configuration of a new chaplet for Holy Mother Church called the Chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel. It has, yes, the full approval, the chaplet itself, and it calls upon the nine choirs of angels. Uh, I would strongly recommend that all Catholics in Atlanta start praying this chaplet every day. Not to replace your Holy Rosary, but in addition to the Holy Rosary, because, boy, are we living in a time of spiritual warfare right now. And even with the coronavirus, there's something about this coronavirus, there's something very evil about its origins and about its, its goals. There's something very evil about it. And so we need angelic help, guidance, and protection more than ever. This is an approved way to pray. Our beautiful Catholic and Christian listeners must be careful of certain, you know, prophets, so to speak, and certain books that are coming out about angels and such. Some of these things are actually heretical and can even be dangerous. So I would recommend to your listeners to stick with um, books and prayers that have been thoroughly tested and approved by the Church. Books about the holy angels. Uh, here's, I'll recommend one to you right off the bat. It was so beautiful, that, and I was so taken by it, that I actually purchased several copies for some of my priest friends, especially some of my, my Trappist monk friends. But this book is, is a simple, almost a childlike book. It's called Memories of a Guardian Angel. Mm. Memories of a Guardian Angel. I really don't know if there's ever been a more beautiful book ever written about the angels than this one. And it's written almost like a diary, like, like your guardian angel himself is writing his diary. And in each chapter, he explains some little battle or episode in the life of the little one he was assigned to serve. Play-by-play. Play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the beautiful thing about this particular book is that all the episodes and little sayings, they're all drawn directly from the lives and the teachings of the saints. So he took all the various references to angels and the catechisms, you know, in the Bible and among the saints, and he transposed them into like a diary. And boy, it's, so, it's such a delightful book, but when you read it, you will be well catechized. By the end of that book, even halfway through the book, you will know the angels like you never had before in a very solid way, by, based on true revelation from the Bible and from the saints. This is one good book I'd recommend to your listeners called Memories of a Guardian Angel. It's actually an ancient book, and it was translated from the French by the Abbe Chardon. That's um, an abbot, you see, like a, a French priest. He translated it from the French into the English, and it has the approval, the approbation of the Church, and I would strongly recommend it, this one in particular. And while I'm on it, let me recommend another book that everyone should have access to. Every Catholic home and every Christian home should have this in their house next to the Bible. It's called the CCC, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And this book is, is phenomenal, that every Christian can draw profit from this book. But there are several sections on the angels, and, and again, they're, they're well written, they're so lucid, and again, they're very, very solid.
So be careful as you seek to make your relationship with the angels grow. Use only material that's been tested and approved by the church. Why? Because St. John in Sacred Scripture says this, Beloved, he says, test the spirits to make sure they are from God. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to angels and angelic warfare, the demons are activated too. They would like nothing more than to deceive Catholics and other Christians about the true nature of angels and about the true nature of the battle. So it's best to stay away from anything that's strange or weird. Stick with things that are holy, tested, approved, and solid. That's just a bit of advice for everyone. And in particular, this, the chapter of St. Michael the Archangel will be a, one gift to use, and we'd be glad to send one to anyone. Or if they want to come by our offices, feel free to come by our offices near Covington. This is called the Apostolic House. It's the Salt Community. And we are at 110 Aspen Drive, Covington, 30016. We'll be glad to give you a chaplet free of charge. We're not here to make money. We're here to save souls. We'll be glad, to, and we'll send some to you all at the radio station as well. Great. This would be one of the best ways to improve your friendship and your activation or uh, your cultivation of your friendship with the angels. Awesome. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like we have to start like a book club for all these great book recommendations. <laughs> Everybody's running to Amazon right now. <laughs> exactly. You need to give them advice. Yes, you can find it on Amazon. Father it's Blunt's true. book club. <laughs> His go. recommendations. Yes. But you guys, we've got to take a quick break and we'll be back with more from Father Jim Blunt. Stay tuned. Hey there, I'm Galena from St. Thomas the Apostle in Smyrna, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160 The Quest. Join me on the quest. The Quest presents Lesser Known Saints with Ken and Chuck. Tell us about Saint Lidwina. She was born in the Netherlands in 1380. As a young girl, she was known for her prolific ability as an ice skater. But at the age of 15, she was injured in a tragic skating accident. She would ultimately wind up partially paralyzed for the remainder of her life. A young woman of profound faith, Lidwina would use this time to pray unceasingly while offering up her physical suffering to God. As her relationship with the Lord deepened, she experienced numerous mystical visions. She quickly became known as a holy woman and a healer. Legend states that she was nourished only by the Eucharist for more than 19 years. When she died, it was reported that she saw Jesus coming to administer the last rite. Devotion to her would spread rapidly after her death, and a biography was written by Thomas Kempis. St. Louis' feast day is April 14th, and she is the patron saint of ice skaters. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. AM 1160 The Quest is your metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station. Our programming is rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church and helps listeners learn new and fascinating aspects of our faith. Here at The Quest, our mission is simple and powerful, to invite, inform, and inspire listeners to embrace their journey of faith through the beauty of the Catholic Church. The Quest team continues to hear wonderful testimonies from listeners all around Atlanta. 
One listener shared, The Quest helps me grow my faith every day I listen. Every day, I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me through the Quest. If I have a question, it seems like the answers come to me through this Catholic radio station in a timely manner. I enjoy the programming, and yes, it has changed me. It's definitely changed me. None of this would be possible without listeners just like you. We are a 100% listener-supported station. A donation of any amount helps to cover the ongoing operational expenses. Your donation is helping to bring your fellow Catholics and Christians closer to Christ. To donate, visit thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in with us, we're broadcasting from the AM 1160 The Quest studio this hour. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Carol Tearsmith, and Jack Tyson. And on the phone, we have Father Jim Blunt with us again, and we're talking about guardian angels this hour. So, Carol, why don't you keep going over there? He had a great question last before the break, so yeah, keep yeah. on going. Yeah, I think uh, just before the break, Father was uh, recommending this book, Memories of a Guardian Angel, and he talked about it was really a lot of stories, and so we all love stories. And so I think earlier on a break, we were talking to Father, and he said there's all kinds of stories that he could share about guardian angels and uh, intervening or saving a life or uh, doing something remarkable. So, Father, would you share some of those personal stories or, or some of your favorite stories about guardian angels? Yes, um, one of my favorites had to do with my own childhood and my beautiful grandmother. I had, I had the most marvelous grandparents. I loved all four of them, and um, they were my best friends when I was a little boy. And I remember once when I was um, a teenager, very young, I'm going to say not, maybe 14 or 15 at the most, I, I would go to spend a few weeks with my, my country grandparents every year. And we just love to be with them out in their big old country house. And they had a pasture out there and an orange grove. And I would be there with them. I just ate it up. We loved each other. And uh, they were practicing Catholics. My grandmother, Blunt, was an amazing woman of God. And when I would go to visit them, they would go to the farmer's market down in Florida every week, once a week. I think it was usually on Wednesday mornings. And we would go there is in Webster, Florida, Webster, and it was the largest flea market in the country at that time. It may still be, but it was huge. So we would get up at three in the morning. My grandmother would wake wake me up and grandpa, and we'd be on the road usually by three thirty. And my grandmother, first thing we got in the car, she would have my grandfather and I say three Hail Marys with her every single time. We would not leave the driveway till we said our three Hail Marys. And we picked up one of my grandmother's friends on the way, a wonderful Baptist woman. And she and my grandmother were like best friends. And we drove the dark country roads about four in the morning to get to Webster. We were there before five to really to do our shopping. They would really get their fruits and vegetables for the day, for the most part, for the week. And already at five in the morning, there were 10,000 people there. Holy <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. Wow. There were literally 10,000 people at 5 in the morning already shopping. But you see, the farmers, they, they get up early historically. They have to, to milk the cows and do things like that. So the farmers are already there with their vegetables. And these are the best fruits and vegetables in the world. I mean, they're just, just fresh and plump and juicy and delicious. 
And they would go through and find what they needed. They like avocados, you know what I mean, and apples and oranges and tangerines and all kinds of things. Well, being a teenager, with them at the market at 5, 5.30 in the morning, after about a half hour of fruits and vegetables, I got bored. <laughs> and I said to Grandmom and Grandpop, I said, Grandpop and Grandmom, would you mind if I, you know, went out and looked at some other tables for a while? Because it was a huge farmer's market, and there were other sections, like where they sold electronics or, or maybe books or, or tapes. And they didn't have CDs back then, but they had cassette tapes and all kinds of things. And so as a kid, I really wanted to look at some other stuff. I got bored with the fruits and vegetables. And Grandpa and Grandma said, yes, Jimmy, sure. And then I said, thank you. So I went to take off this huge market, and my grandmother said to me what's called famous last words. She said, Jimmy, don't get lost. <laughs> well, I was lost within two minutes. <laughs> I took off and among those 10,000 people, by now probably 20,000, and was searching through the tables. The sun wasn't even up yet, looking for things that would be of more interest to a teenager. And I had 10 cents to my name. I was quite poor then, and I'm still poor today. <laughs> and I had like, a, I think I had a dime in my pocket, so not much money. But back then, it was worth a little bit more. And I looked to see if there's something that I could get, and really was not having much success. Until finally, I stopped at a table where I saw some, not only books, but some holy cards. I couldn't believe it. And they had these holy cards set out on this table. And I stopped and I looked at them, and they were five cents each. And I thought, oh, boy, I can get two of them. I have a 10 cents. I can buy two holy cards. So I looked. I was not a perfect boy, but I surely was a faithful Catholic, and I loved angels and saints. So I can afford this. So I looked through the various pictures and was picking out two. And by this time, I'd been separated from my grandparents, my guess is maybe an hour. As I went to look over the pictures, I heard a voice. And I've never had that happen before that time, since then, many times. But I heard this voice, and it said, Hurry up. Your grandmother's ready. Time to go. And I looked around to see who said that to me. And there was nobody standing next to me, just people walking back and forth. And the man and his wife were running the table, but they were in front of me. And I looked, hmm, I wonder what that was. I looked down at the pictures to choose two, and I heard the same voice again, kind of a deep voice. And the, the voice said to me, hurry up. It's time to go. Your grandmother's ready. <laughs> huh. I thought, oh, my gosh. It, it, I, I could tell the voice you know, was like authoritative. It wasn't mean, but it certainly had authority behind it. Like I thought, oh, okay. I don't know who it is, but I better obey. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked real quick, and I picked out two, and I gave the man my dime. I took the two pictures that I had chosen and started to take off, and then I stopped after taking three steps because I thought, where am I going to go? How do I find them? Uh -huh. I'm, I'm like an hour away from them, so to speak. I'm, I, I don't know how many tables away I am. There's 20,000 people now milling around. I have no idea where they are. Where do I go? And as I said that question in my interior, suddenly I had this very clear intuition. It was almost like a hand appearing out of nowhere, pointing in a direction to my right. It was absolutely clear and unmistakable. 
go this direction. I did not hear any words this time, but I saw this, I felt this, I have to go to my right, that's the answer to my plea, go to the right and I will find them. So I started moving to my right, and had not taken more than ten steps when I heard my grandmother's voice calling out to me. She and my grandfather and her best friend were coming from another direction, and she was kind of tall, and she must have seen me over the crowd. I was shorter. She could see me. And she said to me, she called out over like a hundred people who were in between us. She called out to me, Jimmy, I sent my guardian angel to get you. Did you hear him? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's an amazing story. Absolutely amazing. My grandmother loved the guardian angel. She spoke to them every day, and she would send them out on duties every day. She would send them out to do things. And so that was her word to me. She was questioning me. Jimmy, she saw me. She must have spotted me within a minute after sending the angel. (laughs) No wonder your angel said, your grandmother's ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he was afraid of her, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Father, that that's... was one of my first experiences, really the, the most dramatic one, my first dramatic experience. And you see, as a Catholic boy, I mean, that to me was, um, in a way, it was like perfectly normal. Like, I read this in the catechism. I was taught this in church, in school. This is what it is. This is what it, it, it In other words, it wasn't that surprise in that sense that this is the Catholic faith in action. And that's something very beautiful to understand, and the angels help to bring that to full flush, that our Catholic faith is not what the kids call a head trip or a mind trip. It doesn't exist just in the mind or the head. Uh Uh-uh. My mind and my head are gifts from God to enable me to begin to grasp reality. But reality is much bigger than my head or my mind or my thoughts. The angels and God are absolutely real. And the Catholic faith is is something not just three-dimensional, it's not even four dimensions. It probably has an infinite number of dimensions, our Catholic faith. And the angels help to lead us in, you might say, to some of those higher dimensions of our faith. But our faith is something real, active, and alive. Thank God for the Catholic faith. Thank God. It was and is and remains and will always be the answer from heaven to the mysteries of human life. It is the answer. Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, the same yesterday, today, and forever, assisted by his angels. This is the true faith. This is the answer from heaven to, you might say, the quandaries and the questions and the problems of life is our Catholic faith. And thank God for our angels who are part and parcel of this saving faith. The Bible actually says this. One day it says... Every knee shall bow, not just Catholic knees. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we should have no doubt about that. The Catholic Church is not one church among many, and the Catholic Christian faith is not one faith among many. It is the revelation. The Bible says there's only one name in heaven and earth given to man, only one name by which man can be saved. That name is Jesus. And that name is on the lips of our angels as well. They love the Lord Jesus Christ. They love him. And because of that, they want to lead you and I to their best friend. They want to lead us to him. 
So that was one of my most profound and early experiences of the holy angels. Well, that's a great, great story. Thank you for sharing that. I think uh, Jack's got a couple more questions for you, Father. I do. Sure. I do, Father. Uh, thank you for that story and, and for the and for the lesson. The uh, uh, before I get to my question, folks, if you're uh, if you're just joining us now, you're listening to AM eleven sixty, The Quest, Atlanta Catholic Radio. I'm Jack Tyson. We're enjoying another wonderful hour with Father Jim Blunt. And Father, um, before the break, you were talking a little bit about relationships with our guardian angels. And, you know, I guess it's a part of the human condition that we, we like to name things, right? So we, we, we want to name our guardian angel, but there's a lot of controversy out there about naming your guardian angel. You know, it just doesn't feel right to say, hey, guardian angel, I need your help here. That feels, you know, a little too generic. Do you have any any suggestions? I mean, how do, how do we address our guardian angel? Thank you, Jack. It's, it's an important question and one that has become somewhat controversial in, in the last few years, even among various theologians. Uh, some say, yes, you can name him, and others say, uh, no, you can't. Um, when I was a child, uh, there, was, there was a story that was circulated, and I've heard it many times over the years, that a holy monsignor, a holy elderly priest, had received a visit from St. Michael the Archangel, and that he was told about this, that any Catholic could know the name of their angel, uh, just to when you what he suggested was that every Christian before they go to sleep at night would make a special prayer in the name of Jesus Christ in no other name and say Lord Jesus in your name would you reveal to me the name of my guardian angel and holy holy guardian angel in the name of Jesus would you reveal your name to me and he recommended that because the angel taught him that this Monsignor and so you would say that prayer at bedtime as you put your head on the pillow. And Monsignor said that when you would awaken in the morning, the angel told him, there would be a name in your spirit, on your mind. And the name would remain with you the rest of the day. It wouldn't just come and go. It would stay there, gentle but persistent, this name. And that God would allow the angel to reveal his name to you. Now, some theologians don't like that idea, and some do. Um, what I would say is I've, I've used that. I've recommended it to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people uh, with no problem at all, not even one issue, one problem, one danger. So what it gets down to is the idea that your, your angels are persons, and persons have names. And so, yes, when we see, let's say, you know, our brother-in-law walking down the street, we don't say, hey, brother-in-law, or hey, you. We might say, hey, John, hey, Jack, how are you doing? Hey, Dennis, how are you? We use an actual name. The angels have names, too. We may not know the name till we get to heaven, but it's normal to want to name them. And so one tradition is that a, a Christian would simply name the angel with a biblical name. So whichever name is most touching to me, most helpful, let's say, or Jeremiah, maybe Elijah. Maybe there's a name that's so important to me, and I, I name my angel that name. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the other idea that I mentioned first is an old tradition in the Church. I've, again, I've seen no dangers with it, as long as we ask for it in the name of Jesus, to ask for that name. Perhaps he'll give you a name that is for you to use in this life, 
And I would not be surprised when we get to heaven if they have special heavenly names that are only known by God in heaven. Maybe there we'll get to know. It might be even in a different language. Mm-hmm. So I think it's okay to give your angel a holy name from sacred scripture. And the old practice, uh, some theologians agree with it, some don't. That will be up to the listeners how to do this. But I could just say from my own experience, I've had no problems with it at all with anyone. Just to uh, lay down at bed at night, maybe tonight, pray three Hail Marys, then ask your angel in the name of Jesus, would you reveal the name or the name you want me to use for you? And usually the next morning, the name will be there. And for some good people, it doesn't come the first morning. They, they may not be used to spiritual things, but almost always it comes on the second morning. That's interesting to do it again the next night. Mm. Almost always, the next morning it does come. So that's a practice. Again, some theologians would not like it at all. They would like forbid it. Others would say, right on. That's a tricky one. I would say as long as we're safe, we do everything in the name of Jesus. We do everything, you might say, under the mantle of the Virgin Mary. And God will give you a name, or you can choose a holy name. Because, yes, it does help the relationship to have some special name. But there may be some who just want to call him Angel. But maybe that becomes like your name, because we have friends named Angel, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially in the Hispanic community, we say Angel. It's a beautiful name. So if you like that word, you can use that. If that is what you're being led to by the Holy Spirit, it's okay to say, Hello, Angel, as, as the specific name that you have for your specific angel, and I'm sure he won't be offended. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Father, I think we have time probably for one more question, and but we have many more questions. Sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to ask it very generically and, and let you go in the direction you'd like. You know, you mentioned your grandparents' famous last words to you at the farmer's market. <laughs> don't, don't get lost. What would, what would be your famous last words for us in terms of knowing our guardian angels? What's, what's the picture you would like to paint for us with our guardian angels? Well, um, I would say it's, it's, it's probably good for the, your people, for the listeners, to even visualize this benevolent angel standing behind them. To see, usually they appear clothed with radiant light, like a white light. Maybe to uh, visualize them in that way. And sometimes God will give our people a vision or a dream, like they might go to sleep tonight and actually receive an image of an angel. What I would recommend to the good people would be this, is every Christian home should have an image, a statue or an icon or a painting of an angel. It's good to have one or the other, maybe all three. And secondly, it's good for that image to be blessed by a priest. To bring that image to a priest, of course, a bishop or a deacon can also bless them. And that way it becomes a sacramental. So we want to be aware of the presence of angels in our lives. Because the angels are deeply in love with God. They are deeply in love with God. If they could, they would die for him, you see. And they love him so deeply that when Lucifer, who was a good angel, but in his arrogance and his pride, he rebelled against his maker, Michael rose up. And we, we know that Michael was not of the highest choirs of angels, one of the lower choirs. He may not have even been as big as Lucifer. But he rose up against Lucifer and he said, Who is like unto God? 
Because Lucifer said, I will build my throne above the throne of the Most High, placing himself equal to or above God. That's the, the foolishness, you see, of pride. And Michael rebuked him. No one is like God. And so the angels have a profound love and reverence for God. But they also have a profound love for you. The angels genuinely love us. And they wait on us 24 hours a day to serve us. And so uh, I would say that a final word would be to, first of all, have an image of the angels. We begin visualizing him. That helps us in our human weakness. And besides the fact that when they do appear, and they appear frequently, they do take on an image, something like what we see in some of these paintings and statues. But more importantly, I would say fall in love with your angel. Your angel loves you. It's time to start loving him. And I find the more that we love the angels and pray to them, that the more their direction and their presence becomes manifest. I found this to be almost infallible, that the more we speak to them and pray to them with approved prayers, read holy approved books about them, that the more they make themselves, you might say, uh, more visible to us, more present to us. So this also do with relationship. So I would say, fall in love with your angel. Speak to your angel. Even say, good morning, angel, when you get up. Good morning. Thanks for protecting me while I was sleeping. Guide me today to the Father's will. That's what I would leave with you maybe as a final word is, fall in love with your angel. You'll never regret it. And they will make themselves more present to you and your family and pray the approved chapter of St. Michael, you will be surrounding yourself with thousands of angels every day, thousands of them, by praying this holy chaplet. You'll be well protected in these rather perilous times. Wow. Wow, amazing. <laughs> yeah, what another incredible hour. We're so thankful to Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity for joining us this hour. Thank you, Father Jim. My, my privilege, my joy. And if you didn't get to catch the whole hour, or the whole interview, or maybe you missed the first couple of, uh, well, actually, it's been quite a few uh, interviews we've done now, but they're available on our website. And this interview today will be available on our website and on the Quest Atlanta app. If you don't have the app, you just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and search for Quest Atlanta and click download. And you can find all of our local content under programs on demand. Um, and Father Jim, would you like to lead us in a closing prayer? Yes. Um, why don't we pray the traditional prayer to St. Michael? Okay. okay. And your, your good people probably know that was revealed, that was written by Pope Leo XIII after, after the Pope had an apparition of an angel. Mm-hmm. He wrote this prayer. So let's say this together, and then I'll give you a blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael, Michael the, the Archangel, archangel defend, defend us in battle. battle. Be our our protection against against the the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, him, we we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy, mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you loved us so much 
that you not only created us out of nothing, but you decided to create angels as well to guide your children through the dangers of this life all the way to heaven. You love our angels, and you love us, and you bring us together in a saving relationship. We thank you for your abundant wisdom, your incredible power, and your all-consuming love. You are indeed beautiful, O Holy Trinity. We love you. We want to fall in love with you. Give us the grace to hear our angels, to receive their guidance. Give us the grace, my Lord, to love them more. And give us the grace, O beautiful God, to love you with the perfect love of our angels. May Almighty God bless you with these gifts and more. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, thank Father. You, and You're welcome. And thank you all of you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest, this afternoon. Stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next.